things cannot be long hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. So tonight, the truth is going to be unfiltered and full of flavor. Please welcome Dana McCool and Eric Ramundo, bringing you the smoking truth. Happy Friday! Hello, my dear Dana McCool. How are you doing, sweetie? I am so good. I bet you are. So good. I just got back from Miami. Oh, 305. 305, baby. I was stomping all over Miami-Dade. And let me tell you, they are so accommodating down there. Uh, they, usually, they usually are. Yeah, uh, I'm working on domestic violence this year. For 2023, oh. if you're a legislator, I'm going to knock on your door. And you know who's number one? Who? You know who's number one. Who's I, number one? The, uh, the chair of criminal justice. Fuck. <laughs> That's that's my that's right up my alley. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's my hey, boss. Hey, is he? <laughs> he's he's chair of criminal justice this year. Oh, listen, I'm going to be tapping on you for that. Okay, oh. and not only that, you know who else? Who? Sam Garrison. Oh, oh, oh I know. Representative Garrison. I need I some money. Four billion dollars. Well, 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 okay, so there's two different silos there. So uh, before we get to everything else, I'll housekeeping. Just say, we'll do the housekeeping right okay. now. Just remember, it's uh, it's two different silos. One's policy, and then you're talking money. That's you know, that's a different. That's a whole different well, that's, area. Hey, that's just listen. appropriations. Let's do housekeeping, but don't yeah. let me forget about committee week. I need to tell you about that. Go ahead. Yes. All right. All so, right. Uh, everyone, please, if you can, follow us on YouTube. That is at the Smoking Truth on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. Please subscribe. We got a lot of friends. I know Dana and I got friends. You guys are making me feel Maybe like I got, we don't fucking, we don't fucking have any friends. friends. <laughs> you know? So, listen to it. Come on. You know you want to. <laughs> we don't have any uh, And then don't forget to follow us on Facebook at yep. the Smoking Truth Podcast. Yep. Don't forget to follow us on uh, Twitter. Twitter at uh, Truth, Truth Smoking. Truth Smoking. Oh my god, I'm fucking. What are you fucking smoking today? I know. Hey, uh, happy Van Winkle. Oh, Patreon. That's what it is. And don't forget the Patreon. Patreon. Which, we, which we are. I tell everybody, we you know every week we tell people we're gonna get it going, but we are because uh, coming into the new year, as you some folks don't realize, but as talking to Dana, um, we're gonna take a little bit of time off um, for the holiday season, mm -hmm. and then we're gonna start ramping things up again at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So uh, and, and session starting, so yeah. it'll be good. And it'd be juicy. great. It'd be a great opportunity for you to, you all to catch like all sixteen episodes during the break <laughs> and just get the flavor and feel, and then hit that subscribe. Yeah. Button on YouTube and check us out, and also we're on all the podcasts. Yeah, so don't worry about I, I, listen. I was talking to, um, I was talking to Don and Anita Burnett last night. Oh, Don Burnett is such a big fan of us. He just loves us, and I'm yeah. like, thank you so much. I'm gonna have you on. He's gonna, I'm gonna have them Good. on. So. I like Don. I've known Don for a couple of years. I know. His, <laughs> I love him. I know his kids. His kids have helped us out before in campaigns mm -hmm. when they just wanted to. You know, just kind of get a feel for what the campaign trail's like. Yep. That was a couple of years, back, several years back. And I know uh, Anita; she's a good, good she's person. A good person. Yes. Hey, okay, housekeeping. Yeah. Uh, who's your lover today? Pappy, uh -huh. the Pappy Van. Wick. So it was part of that package deal that we got when the whole pumpkin stuff was going on, yep. smashing thing over here at the Cigar Hustler. Yep. Shout out to the Cigar Hustler family Hustle. and Mike and Mike and Mike and Mike Productions. So that Pappy was there. I smoked it this weekend, and I was just like, oh, I kind of like this man. Yeah. So Pappy, it is. And I'm back to my. My favorite lover. Oh, you know, I have many lovers. I know. But I know, I know. this is the OG lover for me. <laughs> Dana, I know that you love. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Hot uh, Santa in the house, too. Engineering. I can barely contain myself. Hot Santa. And I always have my trusty Elvis lighter. So if anybody needs Elvis. it, please. Elvis is in the house. Hey, as always. listen, I was busting your balls earlier. I know. We were in the humidor because you were telling me the story. It was very fucking sappy. Okay. <laughs> And we're going to get to that. So, I, so, so before we got on, I told Dana I need like 15 minutes because I want to give like my hero shout outs yeah. and kind of do like a week, like a, a review of everything of certain individuals. Yeah, yeah. And there was one individual that I met 
prior, but got to talk to her again today, and I'm going to give her a special shout out today. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, uh, and I may get, I might get sappy. That's why I got, you know, you know me. I always keep the sunglasses yep. just in case I get a little teary. Yep. I'm a bitch sometimes. And I said I was going to play <laughs> "Glory, Glory, Hallelujah" by Elvis and really get the fucking yeah. world. Then, <laughs> oh my! If you do the uh, what was the the one I told you about the '68 special he did where um, yeah yeah uh, I told you I said I played all the time the panty dropper yeah. yeah oh god Jesus. anyways all right yeah. so. Okay. I want to get right into... Let's go, because we have some very yes. saucy guests today. <laughs> today, I'd like to introduce, firstly, my brother from another mother, Mr. 305, Mr. Miami Ice. <laughs> Definitely another mother because the skin tone tells it all. So. <laughs> I get dark. I get dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although she's been, Dana's actually got that little olive gypsy colored skin thing. Uh, so maybe, you know. Maybe you know too, I do it. Yeah, I know. Not too far <laughs> removed. So anyways, go ahead, Dana. <laughs> um, listen, Vic was my um, commission brother. <laughs> yeah. He kept me in line, mostly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. Very instrumental in it was and a crooked that was a line. line. What? <laughs> that was a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a crooked line. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was he was my brother, and uh, thank you for coming. We're going to have interesting topics today, um, uh, Vic. And then t uh, to my left here uh, is Shane Story. Shane Story is um, very popular educator in Volusia County. He was the first year teacher, rookie teacher of the year. Three years ago, he came in like a firecracker. Um, he is very good at debating policy. Um, he's very well educated and spoken. Um, he attends you know, board meetings, participates. He's an ESE educator. So um, I'd like to introduce you to Shane Story also. Yeah. And I think, so Dana and I have been chit-chatting back and forth a little bit to do something somewhat educator related for a little bit now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and anyways, and she made mention, she said, Hey, we got to get this guy Shane story on cause he, he does ESC. Uh, and Dan, as you know, my wife is one who will advocate and she tells me all the time that, you know, unless you're in the military, we always just say, you're never as strong as your weakest link. Right. And mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to portray it that way. hundred percent. If I, and if, and if somebody takes offense, I apologize. Not what I mean no, by that, don't. but it's just, <laughs> no, it's just that, you know, but the reality is, is that we can never forget about our ESC students. Yep. Um, and so that's something that my wife has talked many times about just kind of like just in general about how important ESC is. So Eric, <laughs> and if I may, yeah. Just so that people understand, yeah. ESE, Exceptional oh. Student Education, yes. just for the purpose. Thank yeah. you so, for that, Vic. Anyway, so, Dana, without further ado, if you want to kick it off, my dear, as always, you know, you... Listen, I'm going out the fucking gate. Yeah, you know. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so, I would like to talk about the serious lack of teachers. Mm-hmm. In Volusia County. Yeah. I think that it is abysmal. And you know that one of my platforms and growth and development has been the lack of teacher shortage and the oversight at the state and at the school district. When we are calculating density and concurrency for education, mm -hmm. we sorely lack adding into that formula teacher shortage teacher-child ratio, and none more so than in ESE and having the proper ESE facilitators. Um, I think that it's horrific what we're doing. I don't understand how the school district, I know that after the last um, tirade that I went on it the last mm. um, last week actually on yeah. it, 
that uh, Ruben Cologne contacted me and said that the school district would be bringing that up, right? Um, and hopefully we can change that at the legislative level because fact is we're having a crap ton of people move into not just Deltona and Volusia County and Florida, and it's going to be an ongoing issue. And we cannot continue to tax these teachers. We're losing them at a scary rate yeah, from burnout. 270 so far this year. How many, Mr. Story? 270. About 270. Between the LOAs and the NETs. So I've heard. Can you wait? Ahead, I need yeah. you to, for us common folk, can you, when you abbreviate, can you explain to me what that is, sir? Uh, so an LOA is a leave of absence. It can be for any reason. It can be that you're just chosen to not work at this point in time. Mm-hmm. It can be medical reasons. There's you know various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what's the real reason, Mr. Story? Well, I mean, like I said, there's people that have legitimate medical issues. There's mm-hmm. people that are uh, pregnant and they have their children and they take an LOA. So, I mean, that number, I think, was 102. But for the NETs, that's the more important one. That's the one that's people of uh, people that have decided not to return. Yeah, um, and that's 168 as of the last uh, school as of this school board meeting coming up, December 13. Their personal actions uh, combined. So Shane, I've heard. So there's obviously with the new um, raises that came in, and I don't and I don't want to. Listen, I, I've said this to you before, Dana, that I've, I'm not a big fan of the way. So obviously, getting the picture, the, the base pay up to 47, I think was um, what the governor did. I thought was um, I thought what need, needed to be done. It was. I listen. You can say you can cough all you want. I'm telling you, it was just a long time coming. I think in some capacity he recognized that. However, my slight disagreement was the issue of what do you do with individuals? Compression. Who, compression. Compression. And who, who's there, right? For example, so Shane, if you've been teaching for three years, you know, let's say, for example, you should be at 50 or let's say, or did the increase up to three years, let's say is 48. And now you're sitting there kind of going, man, somebody brand new is coming in and already making 47.5. Yeah, but see that, yeah, like that's the thing. I'm not going to make 50 though yeah. because my base salary is 47.5 yeah. for the next 25 years. Yeah. <clears throat> because that's where it's at. You know, with compression, the bottom rose quickly and the top didn't move. Yeah. And we're seeing that play out. You're seeing your experienced teachers not only sign their NETs, not only take their LOAs, but they're entering early retirement yeah. on top of that because they're stressed out. They're so there's two out. so two things to that point. What I'll just say is from what I've heard from others I talk to. Um, so one, yes, you're right. I think there is a compression issue that we got to figure out. And I think I've heard that they're going to try to... I. I, they were supposed to try to address it again last year, but I think they're going to try and address it again this year. <laughs> that said, oh God, the governor. Anyways, and, but the other condi- the other issue is, so when you mix in that with the issue of just working conditions just in general, right? And so this is always- Can, I, can we, can, I just- My beef. want to interrupt. Yeah. Okay. What do you mean by working conditions? For me, that is- so obviously, we all know there's a lot of pressures being put on teachers. I listen. I don't disagree. Yeah, with Yeah, especially with the amount of stupid fucking paperwork they have to do. They don't get to teach, especially with the stupid amount of fucking rules that they're having when it comes to actually working with the child. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, here's, but to, to Dana, to that point though, my challenge. So yeah, beyond all the paperwork, there's mm-hmm. also just the overall conditions. So for example, I'm a big believer, right? I'm a big believer in in parental rights. However, I also want to put out there that. This there, I, I feel like school boards just in general just have been so more, much more worried about the, the legal battles that they fight from parents, especially parents who just come off. Listen, you know this, Shane. They'll come to you. Hey, boom, here's my kid. Next eight hours, six hours, you're responsible, not mine. And then I'm sitting there going, whoa, whoa, wait, mom and dad, y'all got to step up too. There's there's a responsibility here. I always tell people, I got no problem with all of the above, right? Whether you want to do homeschool, charter school, or public, or traditional public school, right? Or whatever, um, public charter schools. 
My challenge though is at charter schools, we all know, hey, tell the parents, you gotta show up X amount of time and you gotta be here. If not, then your kid you know, gets moved out. We don't see that same level of participation at times from traditional public school um, parents and, and, and then they just show up whenever there's like a last minute thing, they go to you, hey, why are you reprimanding my kid? Well, let me explain the reasons why and then it there seems like, so then you get frustrated. And then you you're getting like in no trouble. Yeah. Then the teacher's getting in trouble because they're calling the kid an asshole when the kid's a real asshole through no fault of their own because well, it's fair, a stupid fucking Board parents also calls their kid an asshole. So what, what was that? I'm sorry. So. What'd you say? What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways. Uh, if, <laughs> the shots have been fired. I love it. <laughs> Look, and, and if I may not, and, and again, I, I taught in Dade County for yeah. about 12 years. And Bless I, your heart. I just want to chime in in the aspect with charters because, yes, you're correct. Yeah. Right there, there's a commitment that parents have to do. Now, I'm not sure up here, but I can tell you down south, mm. there was a way around it. Yeah. And a lot of the individuals or parents who send their kids to charter school are pretty much better well off for the most part. Mm. So there was a system where you can pay into instead of doing community time. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there because sometimes, you know, th there is I an optics of it that is not necessarily true. Hey, well. and y'all lean in because I, I want to hear every word. I think we're breaking away from what education is actually supposed to be about. If you really want to, if you want to read a book. Anybody remember in, uh, what was it, uh, Goodwill Hunting? He mm -hmm. says, you want to read a book that will blow your mind? And he goes off on this tangent of different books, right? And most of them are liberal books, so you know, I won't bring those up. Mm. But I will say, John Gatto's, <laughs> John Gatto's Underground History of Education describes the, in the entirety, uh, the onset of compulsory education, uh, what it was like pre-Industrial Revolution, when America was first founded, and talks about how compulsory education came about because of uh, needing the workforce yep. it's why we have why we have summers off because that's when they would go back and work on the fields yeah um and you know as more people started to enter this industrial revolution and enter the workforce uh they needed what what do they need at home especially during world war ii when moms were working. moms Wait, what do they, they need? Babysitters, yeah. Mm -hmm. What they actually need, and that's what education's turned into for the majority. It's yeah. a babysitter. Look, education's turned into babysitters. Yeah, I think the other challenge I think we're running into too, as well, and this is something I discussed with Victor uh, not too long ago, was obviously our system has been designed has been designed since day one as a factory model type system, mm -hmm. and I think in the industrial revolution era, I think it worked. But we are entering a new phase of the global economy, and I think we need to change how we do teaching. That said, I'm a firm believer in ensuring that we get all stakeholders involved um, to make sure that, hey, if we're going to move in a different path, what, is, what are the expectations? One of the things I will admit that I don't like that comes out from Tallahassee sometimes, that I've seen in prior years, and it still happens to some extent, I think... I'm hoping there's going to be a slight little change in how we do that moving forward. But there's always this, and Shane, you know this, <clears throat> a new thing comes down, a new mandate comes down, and there's like no time to figure it out. We've got to get it done. Because I, I get it, because elected officials want results. We didn't, we you didn't get into this overnight. you got to not talk to children. You can't like be their confidant yet, and it sends that down without any discussion about what the ramifications are. You were in the military, are. right, Eric? Yeah. Okay, so uh, commander says you need to be here at 0600. The first sergeant says you need to be here at 0530. And then your platoon sergeant comes down to you and says you need to be here at a 05, right? Mm -hmm. That's what education is. It comes yeah. down from the top. It gets pushed down. There's rarely an explanation as to why you have to do this training or why you have to do this, use this yeah. new modality, this new yep. and improved modality. When the fact of the matter is like, you know, kids in the 1700s, 1800s were reading when they were three or four years old. They learned yeah. at home because they have a home life. They have two yeah. parents. They have, they can afford to live. They knew how to till the land. They didn't require, uh, you know, the logistics that we require now just to sustain ourselves. Yeah. Um, it was a much different society then. And as we've, become more connected i think we've become more disconnected right mm -hmm. higher divorce rates 
uh, the the home life's not the same. Parents are working more, even if there are two parents at home. Most of for most people, both parents are working. So yeah. that, that education is occurring at home. We can't, if, you know, we always hear uh, the, we want the R's, the reading, writing, yep. and arithmetic, which that bothers me. But anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> typically comes from one that can't spell arithmetic. But anyways, uh, you know, we would love to do that as educators. Yeah. We would love to walk into a school and say, all right, boys and girls, sit down, have a seat, mm. and let's get started on our lesson and just dive right into the, you know, we have all these tools that we But what are you doing? You're having to police yourself because you have, and I'm going to talk about your classroom environment. I want to tell you what my perception is, and then you tell me what the reality is, okay? You have kids in a class. Mm. You have kids that have special challenges, which I want to tell you I believe in that. I know that there is, for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, chemically, we're shit we're putting in our food, mm. right, and making kids, whatever the reason is, right? But then you have the, the fact that the expectation is that the teacher be the babysitter without any authority, yeah. I want what I want you to do is I want you to sit here and take my kids shit. Yeah, that's basically and that for me I have a problem with that. I don't I have a I fucking problem with that with a teach with a parent that feels entitled. Oh, all about these fucking parental rights. Why don't we fucking talk about parental responsibilities? Well, let's talk I about that because that's some shit that the governor uh, never fucking talks about. Fucking rights, rights, rights. But they never talk about what the parental responsibilities are. So you know what happens? You have good teachers like this right here that put themselves through school. Okay. Mm. They put themselves through school and then they have to sit and clean up your mess is what it equivalents to. And if they don't, and if they don't take the crap, they get in trouble. No. Because they're not taking your bratty ass kids crap. Listen, now hold on. Go ahead, I just, I, I go would like, ahead I would Mr. Like story. So that's not typically how it is. I think what you're hearing is the the louder cases of the the parents that are, you know, uh, very, very vocal and very misinformed as to what actually goes on in the classroom. Okay. Um, I think that I would say ninety percent of the parents that I work with are amazing people. Uh, I would say Twenty to thirty percent of them are very, very involved. Yeah, uh, the remainder of that portion not necessarily as involved, but yeah. definitely if I, you know, had to make a phone call, they'll answer. Okay, I've had in three years maybe three bad phone calls with parents that act the way that you're talking about. Um, but those are the ones that are constantly. A problem. They're the, yeah, they're the ones that make the case. They're the it, it ones. To, yeah, listen, they, they get be, the news. It, they get listen, in whatever. It's it that way. Go ahead. To be when sorry. you came home, you know, my dad would say, "What did you do wrong?" And now it's, "What did the teacher do wrong?" Yeah, that's yes. that's when you have. Oh, listen, yeah. trust me. Hey, when I was a kid, there was no. No, <laughs> my father never took time with my mother. My mother would always try to listen to my father. There was no if ands or buts. He got a call from the teacher. I would get home, and I would see him working in the basement. The basement's in New Jersey, right? I was coming from the basement after like a long day of work or a long evening if he was working the third shift at the time, right? And if I get, he, I got a call, or he got a call from the te a teacher or the principal. Yeah, the belt was coming okay. off. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey," and I said, "Pop, pop, pop! Wait a minute, let me explain it to you." He goes, "I don't want to hear it," and then boom, 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 and that's it. There's no excuse. Get a little pow, pow. Yeah, oh yeah, it was a little pow, pow, girl. Yeah, <laughs> and so I've taken that. Yes, my wife's in education, but that is something I've always taken with me. Obviously, you know, the whole belt portion of it is a whole different ball game. No, today. it's not. But, but, well, no, no, I still beat that ass. Well, no, I listen. I always spank. Listen, I'm not. I have no problem with spanking my kids, and I, I never used the belt because it was something that I just my dad. Did it? And it is what it is. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something shocking. Do you yeah. know how many times I ever spanked my child? How many times? 
one fucking time. Yeah. And it wasn't even a spanking. I threw a shoe at him. Yeah. Well, and he, my, and mother, he alleges, my, my mother had the flip flop. <laughs> he, he alleges, <laughs> and he, he alleges that it scarred him for life. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So listen, so I agree with you. And then, so if my kids came home for something, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. You do exactly what the teacher tells you to do. That's it. Case closed, end the story. And, you, and I agree. So, Dana, on the parental rights issue, look, I'm a big fan of parental rights, but I do agree that conversation also needs to be had also with parental responsibility. Yep. And I, oh, yeah. I do not do not disagree. And that's part of why we're doing what we're doing today is I want to put it out there to parents. Parents, you got to be involved in your kid's education. you got to ensure that the teacher is well-supported in the classroom. I'm a big, firm believer. I, don't, I could care less whoever wants to debate me on that. That's, Go right ahead, no, what, that's what I... That's, you succinctly said that, yeah. right? I mean, that is more of what I am talking about, is mm. that even if you don't agree... The level of involvement, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. I would, I would like to see because I have teachers here in Deltona that I am friendly yeah. with that tell me some horror stories. So maybe it's not that way over on the east side where you're at, but I hear horror stories about, especially with middle school. Middle school. Oh my god. Well, you know that's where the kids you know, listen. They're, they're not kids. They're not teenagers. They're going through yeah. a transition themselves. Yeah. It's a challenge. And yeah. talking about ESC, it's even a greater challence. Yeah. Go ahead, Mister Story. Yeah, they have the. I mean, they have, we have the. We're currently under a consent decree with the Department of Justice because the situations that occur with students who are being involuntarily removed yep. or what they call informal removal, which they would just call the parents and say, "Hey, can you come pick them up?" And that whole situation, allegedly, I don't know if there was any factual basis to that. Yeah, but I know that's what the consent decree came to the conclusion. Um, I think it makes teachers and administrators fearful of yeah. disciplining students sometimes. Yep. Um, the board has addressed that they would like to see discipline happen. Uh, I've spoken to people within the district that have said explicitly, like, no, you can write a referral. We can, you can do these things. Yeah. Um, but Why are we afraid it, to but discipline? It gets, it gets lost in communication because, again, it's that you're told to do this. It gets rolled downhill. People don't know what they can or cannot do. Mm. Um, and they're not willing to stand up and challenge sometimes. And I think to his point, the – there is that, yes, we want to be able to discipline, but is there a political will? And I think that becomes part of the challenge as well, whether it's in Tallahassee or whether it's the school board system. Is there that political will to back up the teachers? And mm -hmm. I think that becomes a challenge. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Story. Sure. Was your mother afraid to discipline you when you were growing up? No. Was she afraid to discipline you as you got older? No. Are you afraid to discipline your child? That's what I'm talking about. Why, you know? So I mean, can I tell you? So it was an interesting thing. So my wife and I used to, when we used to live in New York City, right? <clears throat> so one time, my son was—I think he was about four or five, five years old. I think at the time, he was acting up a little bit on the on the, on the sidewalk, whatever. And I was trying to. My wife and I, I think, were our hands were full with something. And my oldest boy was like five years old, right? And so then there's these cops walking, right? I didn't pay no mind to the cops walking. But anyways, my son was acting up a little bit, and I took my hand to his ass, and I just said, boom, hey, cut it out. And so my wife was a little nervous because the cops were there. She's like, Eric, you know? I said, honey, you kidding me? I said, they're going to love me for it down the road. Yeah, and, exactly. and one of them turned around and kind of smiled at you me. Say, went like yeah, this, yes. thumbs up. And I kept walking. And you should not – look, I'm not telling – listen, once again – this is not going out there and giving a pass to start abusing the hell out of kids. That's bullshit and don't do that. Yeah. But kids need discipline, discipline. and they need structure. They need yep. order. We all know that. Yep. That's a basic like function of society to that when they grow, they become productive <laughs> adults. Yep. This nonsense of like, well, I just look if timeout works in your home, that's hey, fine. You, you know what I mean? But, me out. Yeah, but if time look I, Mommy I think, needs a value. You're talking about like <laughs> spanking kids. I got yeah. spanked as a kid and my dad never spoiled the rod nor spoiled the child <laughs> on either end of the spectrum. But I can tell you this is that you don't have to spank your child in order to uh, establish authority. Have you ever spanked uh, your child? 
I have, but there were certain instances in which it was, I needed an immediate correction in that moment because it was a matter of his safety or it was something that he needed to learn right yep. away. Yeah. Um, it, and it was when he was younger, it's not he, like, I don't even remember the last time he's been grounded, much mm-hmm. less spanked. Um, but a lot of what I attribute his good behavior to is having meaningful conversations with him, which again, when we That's talk about bingo. the yeah. split yep. in the family, right? Like you don't have a mother, you don't have a father or you don't have a father or you're in foster, foster care. There's a million different yeah. situations. But what I will say is this, if you become an effective communicator with your child, you won't have to worry about discipline. When they can come to you in honesty and you actually take a step back and look at it from an outsider. And I'm not talking about that bullshit, like what did the teacher do versus what you did. I'm talking about taking ownership for your actions and telling them, hey, this is why you're wrong. You might still get discipline, but I want to hear your story Mm -hmm. story too. Um, And I'm going to, you know, probably pay the teacher 99 times out of 100 but you have to be willing to listen. You have to be able to willing and engage. And, me and that is my problem part with the the way that the that some really right conservative, very right. I mean, very right. Okay, interpret that parental um, the parental rights. Because here's the thing: if you are neglecting to have that meaningful conversation with your child, and a teacher can have that meaningful conversation w- with your child yeah. in your absence, I, I believe that nine times out of ten, what happens is that the the parent is getting pissed off at the teacher for having the conversation that they should be having. Yeah. And nine times out of 10 in that situation when that comes up. And I don't mean sex because yeah. can I just say this? The rabid, I'm saying rabid, not all. Moms for Liberty. I don't want to teach your kindergarten to third grader about sex. Okay. Just I'm not grooming them, but I, think, I want I the, the conversation problem, to be open. The problem with that bill isn't the essence of the bill. It's not talking about sexual orientation or sex mm-hmm. with K through three. That's not an issue. And we, I think as educators, most people would agree that that's not something that really needs to be discussed at that level. Yeah. Yep. I think the issue is the verbiage of the bill. It's not clarified and it's not specific. And I'll give you this example. If I can have a picture of my wife and my son sitting on my desk, but a man that's married to another man can't have a picture or he can, how does that conversation occur when they say, Oh, who's that? And you say, that's my husband. Well, now they're your husband, and then you have to explain that. Or do you explain that? Or should you be fearful that you can't explain that? It, I feel like it puts people in an unfair situation. And I don't feel like that's talking about sexualizing so, or, or talking about sex. Yeah, I hear, or, no, I hear but you. But there's also that. Listen, and listen, and I'm with you. And so I, I went to the bill again. And so what I, here's, what I, here's what I'll just say. I like that. when it gets uncomfortable. No, 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 no. <laughs> what, I'll, what I'll just say is that, look, I don't think um, teachers – and maybe I'm off on this one, but I don't think teachers should be having conversations in any case with a kid. And I, and I understand where you're going with Shane, because more traditionally, it's like, hey, if we say, hey, that's my husband, most kids generally understand that because they got probably got a dad in the house, whatever the case may be. If there's a man in the house, if, there's, if it's two men or two women, how you're do you- are struggling now, so fucking now, hard right it, now. It, listen, we are in a tough position in society, and so mm-hmm. I hear everyone on this. But I don't know if the teacher should be having that other than just, oh, that's my spouse or that's my husband and just leave it alone. The kid asks questions. I don't think it's the teacher's place to be explaining that at all. No, I think that you should be redirected and you should tell the child to go have a conversation with their parents about I, about listen, fa- I, about family structure. And I don't disagree that, you know, and listen, if they want, yeah, and you say, hey, if you want, talk to your mom and dad about it and just, you okay, know, or, or whoever. Well, I'm can, sure. I just, can I just say real quickly, yeah. and I'm going to go back to, to, to what you said about being allowed to teach, right? And I, I might be caught here in the middle with this conversation, but... Are some of those things needed? 
You know, when we talk about kind of like the picture and stuff like that, you know, and I think sometimes we're creating our own problems. Um, yes, you know, we should be able to. But for me, my classroom, if I'm teaching geometry, should be about geometry. Anything I have in that classroom should be geared to that. Um, and that's where sometimes I believe that. You're yeah, saying take all the personality out well, and I shouldn't have. Well, it's not about taking out the personality. But when you start putting too many things on your walls that really should have nothing to do with the classroom. What about the. Becomes a challenge. Oh. <laughs> I, like I said, I know I might not make like right. Can you check her for me, please? I think what Victor's saying, though, and I think I understand. Are you fucking defending him right now when I'm about to fucking tear into it? Thank you. I think I think that there's a difference between decorating your classroom to create a comfortable environment for yourself and for the children that are in there exactly. and trying to make a political statement. Yes. And it yes. doesn't matter what that political statement is. It can, you know, I'm not going to give examples because I don't no, you need to give an example any way or the other, but I'll say this. I, I feel like that there are people that out there in the world that will try to make a political statement yes. and, and put things out there that, and that for those few, everyone is paying a consequence. So, okay. So. Uh oh, can I get Elvis? <laughs> yes, you can. I need to understand. So a teacher that puts the poster in her classroom that says we're diverse here all rights are human rights women's rights are human rights is that is that a political or is that teaching a child acceptance and love under every circumstance where hate is being taught outside the classroom i think it is depends. that a political statement well, is that poster is that particular poster a political statement i listen if you're just talking in general no, 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 terms no. no if you're talking in general terms of like you know um, you, you know you treat treat you know the the golden the rule right you mm -hmm. use that in the class that's fine but if you're if it starts delving into like you know women's rights or human rights and this and and if it's a math class and you know th that to me is inappropriate. Is that Shane? You know the poster that I'm talking about, yeah, right? I know the poster you're talking about, but I think that any educator that's worth their weight will tell you that a classroom is not an appropriate place for political conversation when it comes from the teacher. Yeah. My students have never known whether I'm a Republican or a Democrat. It's not something that I discuss with them. It is public record. And I'll say it here now. I'm a Republican. I've been a lifelong Republican. But I I think that it's important for them to understand alternative perspectives. And I'll explain them from both okay. ways. Okay, and I'm I'll make arguments for both of them okay. because I think it's important for them to understand that and argue their point and defend it. You can't create critical thinking skills if students aren't forced to defend their argument, right? Mm, sure. Um, we're not creating a society of critical thinkers. We're getting people that follow stereotypes and vote in groups because mm -hmm. they think that they associate with something they might not or actually just know how to take a with. test or take a test. Yeah. And that's the thing is like it, the, the classroom is not a place for, for political statements. It's not a place for you to go in and walk in and try to say something about politics as a teacher. However, what I will say is that students should not be infringed from that right as well. Students have First Amendment rights. Tinker v. Des Moines established that very clearly. Uh, they should be able to express themselves in any way that they, they choose um, as long as it is academically appropriate, you know, and we're not putting nude images on T-shirts and walking around yeah, the classroom yeah, yeah. or anything like that. But I think you guys understand my point is that yeah. I don't think that we should be able to limit the discussions that the students have, nor should we be arbitrators of their discussions when it pertains to what their viewpoints are, because I feel like it's important for them to understand. If it's in the context. So let me just two things I'll say. Number one, I would Shane, I would agree with you that I think the overwhelming majority of teachers are try not to make ensure that there is no political, you know, bullcrap. So how, and so let's, However, can the governor there, know that? Does the fucking governor know that? I then? think the challenge is, is that, and why so, was that bill written to begin with? What happened? Well, because there was an incident that happened up in Leon County. I, and I'll, I'll get to that. In, I'll get to okay. that in just a second. But what I'll just tell you is I, I believe that the overwhelming majority of teachers 
uh, do not want to have political shit in the classroom. Correct. Okay, I would agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is where we had a we're having a brief discussion about some of the union politicking that happens at times, and I think it, I think there's a lot of intertwining, and I think we need to learn how to separate some of that stuff. Yep. Um, and then, uh, so I do agree. However, there are instances where I see some of this stuff from time to time. I you know can tell you if you walk into a classroom, and if all I see are you know, instead of seeing all the presidents of the United States, but I only see three or four, and they're Democrat or they're just Republican, I got a big problem with that. Yeah. And I'm a Republican. And I, we all know I'm so a Republican. So you know what I got a big problem with? I got a big problem. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Shane. Because if they pay teacher a living fucking wage, we'd have quality teachers that were worth their weight in gold, like I said from the onset. I got an answer for that, too. We were we just talking about last week. Yeah. teachers, yeah. we wouldn't but, see as much of that. But I can I also you. say, we've had this conversation, and my challenge has been, you're absolutely correct. But I think, let's put some of the blame on ourselves as well as teachers. Because I think for, for, not all, but for example, you, you know, I had teachers at the high school that looked like students um, and did not mm-hmm. give the respect that a teacher should have or the, the profession of a teacher should have. And that plays in a row. So if you don't give any respect to the position that you have, why would Eric respect it anyway? Uh, let me get into this segue right here because that's a beautiful segue and I'm going to dive right the fuck in with mm. abandon. Okay. Who is the state's top educational, where does the buck stop education-wise at the state level? Was Cochran? He's no, yeah, no. I, I mean higher than that. Well, you have the you have the, the commissioner of education. Then, Who's and higher than that? Obviously, he falls under the governor. Fuck <laughs> yes. So let me just get there for a second, okay? Governor, I love you. Go ahead. <laughs> Fucking Ron DeSantis. I'm going to talk about this. Ron DeSantis made a bad error of judgment by getting involved in local board of education fucking politics. Okay. He should have shut the fuck up and stayed up and do what he did, but he politicized it, okay? So now you have, let's see who he fucking endorsed here in Volusia County alone. Do you find it ironic that somebody who is so about states' rights uh, got involved in local politics? I mean, wouldn't it be like the federal government and getting involved in states' well, rights? Can we answer that? Excuse me, Mr. Raimondo, can we answer that? I talked to Dana once before about this, and I, look... Oh, look. He always says that when he's he's trying to fucking put some space. When he's trying to dig for a fucking answer. The primary role of the president is to be the political party leader, and that's what he was doing. He was being the political party leader to fight for his I would just say, yeah, and so listen... Why did he get involved? Listen, I will say that there's been a natural progression happening for a long time where you have presidents and congressmen and women and so forth. No, we're talking about the governor. Stop. I know. I I want us with the governor. Fucking stay focused here. I think the governor, listen, I think the governor, the governor has his own opinions on this. And I'll just tell you. (laughs) No, no, no. He's your governor. He's your governor. I love you, governor. So I'll just tell you this is that I just, I think what he saw and what's the information that may be coming back, whether you agree with it or not, is it, you know, it's, it's immaterial. No, it's, I would just say. As a Democrat, it's immaterial. My Republican fucking I'll just say that whether you agree or not with it, I think, well, maybe for him it's immaterial. He fucking what I'll barely just tell you there, is that fucking Fred Lowry, who didn't show up for fucking Deltona or Volusia County now for the last fucking eight years. I will tell you okay, that. Okay, that's they, who well, the fuck he endorsed. I, I Do you tell it. me Listen. that that fucking, what is he, Harvard fucking educated governor, he endorsed fucking Fred <laughs> Lowry. No, no, no. <laughs> that he fucking endorsed Fred Lowry. He sat down and talked to this fucking man and said to himself, huh, he's the best man for the fucking hey, job. Listen, and he did the same thing gonna, with listen, fucking Jesse when you're Thompson. Building, when you're building a football team, 
team. Not, no, no, no. No, when you're building no, a football Eric, team, you're not going to get every player Eric, you want. No, no. Listen, at least you need this to understand that it's in the commission stop. council. Listen. <laughs> no, no, listen. No, no, no. No. Listen, at least make sure when you're picking a fucking football team that they understand what a fucking football looks like. Fred Lowry does not know what a fucking football looks like. And you got Jesse Thompson. Jesse fucking Thompson, okay? I think that he did that because she looks good in a fucking skirt. But she's wearing a goddamn thong over her fucking face trying to make a point instead of being fucking medical or having a reasonable conversation. Not only that, asked... I can't tell you, listen, I can't tell you, I I know, I know, I know, I know, please. I can tell you this. I'm not going to sit here and say, look, am I always going to defend everything the governor's going to do? You know, look, no, I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, look, there are people who go in with these like rose colored glasses in every situation, right? I will Mm -hmm. just tell you that, look, even as a party as a whole, I'm a Republican, right? And probably 10% of things that sometimes I don't agree with, I don't like. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I agree with everything 100% the governor's going to do. I will just tell you as a whole, though, listen, I think it was a natural progression. He felt, look, as a a team sport in the state of Florida and, and just trying to, trying to, kind of maneuver Florida in a certain direction. You're so fucking reaching right now. No, I, I've blacked I'm just out. Telling I just you, blacked just, out I'm already. just telling you that I'm just, uh, you can black all you want. Well, you're going to black out because you're I'm about to fucking, fucking flip out. Fucking <laughs> That's your blood pressure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so wait, I, stop. I, think... I need you to speak. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Okay. You shared a story with me one I'm time. I'm not going to share that story. You're not going to share that? Okay. Gonna share I'm going to share the story. Point. Will you share the story privately? I'll share the with the people that are here, yes, but I'm not going to share it publicly okay. because okay. the person that occurred to, I think that that's their storytelling. That's right. Well, I'm saying you're going to share it privately. And we're um, not even talking about who we're talking about, but you okay. know what I'm, the thing and the thing. So I think, you know, at Eric's point, yeah, it, as a civics teacher, you teach the main roles of a president, right? You know, he's the commander in chief and, you know, the, yeah. you know all that stuff. Um, and one of those roles is being the political party leader, and that's what Ron DeSantis is doing. He's trying to be the political party leader. He's trying to gather his troops in each area. Um, and I I feel like you know he's a good politician in that way. Yeah. Um, I think that you can't look at somebody and just make broad statements whether you agree with them or not. I mean, you have to. I think you have to take in the whole truth. And like I said, I'm a lifelong Republican. I've probably voted more Democrat than I have Republican, but it's because I agree they fall more within my sense of morality, um, sense of morals, okay. and ethics, right? And I can respect that. I'm sorry. And, Go ahead, Shane. No, no. And, and to your point, you know, you got to give the take your hat off. They have, they have found a way to do it, and the other side just hasn't been able to do it. Well, no. when would you guys say that the Florida, edu- like education in Florida, started to take a downward trend? And you've been in it for a while, so when would you say that occurred? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not going to characterize. I'll have to decrease. I'm not going to characterize that we're on a downward trend in Florida. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. I'm not Shame. kidding you. No, no. <laughs> I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna because uh, Ramos it, right now. I'll be back. <laughs> I will just say that there are there are challenges we're having nationwide, and I think I'm, one of the challenges we're having locally is that students are being placed in cafeterias with auditorium style substituting because we don't have enough substitutes, nor do we have enough teachers, nor do we have enough support staff. You have a one-to-one paraprofessional that's assigned that is covered under IDEA funds, federal funds, yeah. that's being reassigned to substitute a class. That's misappropriation of funds. You're not supposed to do that. There are many, many things that you guys, like, I'm telling you, there's shit that goes on that shouldn't be going on. Uh, there are, we're on a downward spiral, and it's escalating. And can I just add, while you're talking about substitute, which to me was a big surprise when I relocated up here in Volusia, all you need is a high school diploma to be a substitute. That's it. I know. Or you can be a veteran. Let so me just that, take my football and well, well, I'm going to create I'm not taking my football anywhere. I'm not taking my football anywhere. I'm staying right here. That's yeah, all so, I'm going to tell so, you. Uh, I would say when it, 
do you think that education's declined over the last 15 to 20 years? You know the answer. Go ahead, Mr. Story. I'm not going to, I, I, I would just. Why do we need all these parental rights if everything was so great? Mm-hmm. Well, I would also then, ta- well, I would <laughs> challenge on the side, the other side of that, that is because there is a certain, I've told people this before. <clears throat> I've supported unions before in the past, whether it be the firefighters, whatever the case may be, right? And I understand the legitimacy for what they're trying to accomplish. However, I do have concerns on the unions. I think there is a, there's an intermingling that happens over there, and I think we need to separate the two from what teachers are trying to do and what the actual union's political purpose is, is to do. And I think Do you think they've been this effective? Is where, do you think the unions have been effective over the last 20 years? It's no. been a power struggle. It's, there's been no power struggle. Yeah. The Republican mm-hmm. Party's had majority trifecta party control since 1998 with the exception of what six months when Charlie Chris became an independent because he was running for another office you well, guys have, you guys have had much so, so uh, what I'll tell you so no yeah but here's my but here's my problem here's my problem wait 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 no hold on a second you have a Republican pointing out that Republican leadership is responsible for the downfall of education well, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go that far. But us liberal fuckers are the I, reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to paraphrasing what I said. <laughs> what I said is, when you fuck up, you take ownership of your actions. Yes. That's the sign of an adult. That's how you know you're maturing. You hear that, Ronnie? And we have made mistakes, and things need to be fixed. And we have a two. What's a two to one ratio in, in the House and the Senate right now? Yeah. The, the Florida House and Senate, correct? Am I right? Well, in the Florida House, it's yeah. I mean, it's almost it's, it's basically it's, two to one. It's, yeah. Actually, it's more than two. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah, a little yeah. more than it's a little more than two to one. Yeah. So. And we have a Republican governor for at least two years. Yeah. So maybe why is it that we can't get these fixed, these things fixed when we have that kind of control? And when we were talking about compression earlier, something that got left out in the verbiage of that, that mm-hmm. when we weren't talking about was the base salary had to be established at 47.5, but they also handcuffed the school board because they said 80% of those funds had to be used to draw up the base and only 20% could be addressed to uh, bring up. To bring up the I would the listen, Shane. For those under 2%. Yes, and Shane, I do remember that. And I will just tell you, not probably the way I would have done it, mm-hmm. but it is, you know, look. Then why can't you change it? Here's the thing well, with practical can because people. the verbiage expired on July 1st of this year and they still haven't done anything to address it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So listen, I'm going to just tell you. party's in charge? <laughs> the Republicans. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Governor, I love you. That's all. But it is yet of the liberals that are trying to teach oh, gaydom that no, listen, is fucking though, listen, up education. Before you get into that, though, Dana, let me tell you. Look, we're, 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 we're at a point in the United States where there's like, we have a two-party system, right? We've had it for almost forever. Uh but there's going to be there's going to come a bifurcation in both parties, and I think you're starting to see that breaking point already. I don't. You have people you. that are the extreme right. You have people that yes. are the extreme left, and I think you have people like those that are sitting at this table that are generally moderates. I've watched your podcast. You guys tend to agree on more things than you disagree mm. on. As a Republican, do I believe that I, I have the right to own a firearm? Absolutely. Yeah. I know how to use a firearm. I was trained. I spent almost 14 years in the army. I, yeah. I know how to use a firearm. Do I believe that we should regulate how we purchase those firearms and we you know? There should be regulations, like the gun show loophole should be closed. Absolutely. Like somebody shouldn't just be able to walk out, buy a gun, and go back and then just buy ammo at, at Sam's Club or Walmart. There are common sense laws that can be made without infringing on those rights. Yeah. Um, I think we've done it before. Like you can't run into an airport and yell bomb, right? Yeah. Is that a, and is that infringing your First Amendment right? No, because most people know how to use their First Amendment right and they do it accordingly. It's not an infringement on your Second Amendment right. Or, you know, there are ways to fix these things, but 
what has happened is the extreme right, the extreme left, they raise up. They're the most vocal. They're the yes. loudest. And they grab, they, they gravitate these people. And the people are so worried about fitting in their tight little fucking niche that they go, well, shit, if I don't vote this way, then I'm not a good Republican. Mm-hmm. Instead of voting for what's in the middle. That's how you see somebody like Joe Biden win, right? Yeah. The, do you think Democrats all love Joe Biden? Absolutely not. Yeah. But it was somebody that they saw that could win. Do you yeah. think that all Republicans like Trump when he won? No, but it's somebody they thought that they might bring change. Yeah. You see the swings going, but I think you're going to see that schism occur within the parties. I think it's going to, listen, I don't disagree with you. I think it's going to happen. Look, I've argued this point before with Dana and others as well, or not argue, but just to have these conversations about it where mm-hmm. I think we're spending way too much time taking the stupid little pot shots, taking the sound bite, running with it, and instead of having a full conversation on, okay, what's the right path moving forward, right? I don't know if there's, listen, as a Second Amendment person, and I respect it, you know, I don't know if more laws are created. I think the challenge we're running into, so for example, I know we're, we're digressing a little bit from education, but this is just part of the overall topic about having those conversations, even within education just in general, right? Um, that, uh, for example, on the... Se- uh, we need to figure something out with those individuals who have the uh, who have mental challenges. Wow, and think about and, that. And their, ability, and, and their ability to have access to those to those to those weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what our defense spending budget is? Oh, no, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's close to nine hundred million. Yeah, or nine hundred billion. billion. Sorry, yeah, no, that's with a B, guy. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I didn't I know, do well. I'm yeah, I'm listen, not a math teacher. I would agree with you. That we're spending way too much time and money on doing, being the global. Uh, listen, I'm a big fan of America, but I just think we're spending way too much time and money uh, around the world trying to defend something that I just kind of go, hey, y'all need to take a step back. There is there's a there is another way for America to be the leader on the stage without having to have a nine hundred billion dollar budget. I would agree with you. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying is I think that some of those funds could be reappropriated to things that make sense like mental health care why, yeah. I mean why do we see drug addiction I, like, I'd love to see a lot of that money come back to the states so, wait like a the, minute. so the states not the federal government the states can then they go ahead and apply those funds towards mental health how much was how and much was how much was vetoed last year about three billion dollars no closer to four billion but okay whatever whatever yeah. fuck you okay it was closer to four billion let's talk honestly here i know i got the full like, fucking veto list and you know i've been through the whole fucking like veto 3.2 whatever oh, you know that, almost in anyways listen do you know that that at least 70 percent of that shit is for mental health for nursing so that we can have more health care, more psychiatric nurses, more labs, yeah, but more I, environments. Not, but I talked to you about this before, and I, t- and I will tell you this, is that when some of those things, listen, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and sit and defend 100% of the veto that the governor did. What I will just tell you is that also- He's a fucking tight when you, when, uh, Well, when you dig into it, sometimes what people He's don't realize- He's conservative. Yeah. <laughs> what I will tell you is that there is, sometimes there is um, duplication, and so you'll see some projects that get submitted by state, um, state reps or state reps. They'll be submitted, and and as the governor's team is reviewing, they're going to sit here and going to go, okay, what's this? What's the intention of the project? And if it's Miami Dade, okay, they're already doing something like this in Miami Dade. Why are we doing this again? You know, or why are we duplicating it? And that's just, hey, listen, I'll, I'll give you one billion dollars of that for that fucking sad excuse right there. But the no, other is because bullshit. he's a fucking Get out of here! Get out of here! Okay, All listen, right. we're we got to do what you want to do. Okay, right. you always give me the stage, but um, yeah. what I would like to do is, um, Mr. Story. I would like for you to just take a couple of minutes, and I would like you to go down, and I'm going to hush, okay? Something I rarely do. But I would like for you to talk about, for two minutes, three minutes, what we need to do to improve education right now in Volusia County, other than have good people on Board of Education setting fucking policy and take the panties off their face. Go ahead. (laughs) Two two minutes. Three Uh, minutes. Do three minutes. minutes. Do my elevator pitch. 
I mean, there's a lot. There's, you know, it's, it's, there's no simple uh, one-sided solution. I mean, one of the things that, that affects uh, Volusia County is what we get back on our FTE rate. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we get 0.9664 yeah. for every dollar that we send to Tallahassee, we yeah. lose three and a half cents. Yeah. Right. Um, so when we look at our surrounding counties, like Seminole County, Flagler County, now Flagler County makes sense. It's more rural area. Yeah. So they get a higher return on their dollars. But you look at somebody like uh, Miami Dade, I think it's a dollar seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, yeah. So um, I think that the Volusia the, County has been underrepresented uh, in getting those funds back, because what you hear from the board is, hey, this is what we get back. This is how we have to spend our FTE funds. And to their to their credit, their, the FTE manual explicitly states, like, here's what your numbers are. This is how you have to calculate it. This is how much you get back in dollars. Yeah. Um, I think that that needs to be addressed. The formula needs to, I would say that the formula was, was changed many years ago, back in 2003, 2004, and it was a big political fight. And I think the formula- Who was governor then? I think, yeah, but it wasn't so much the governor. There was, was an actual, because, was the, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go, go, Shane, go ahead. My pause, guys. Your time was paused. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, I was say, yeah your time was paused. That's right. So I would agree. Yes, the, the formula needs to change. So it is. Go ahead, Shane. Um, I, I say, I start with that one because the second one is bringing back steps for teachers in Volusia County. I feel like that is absolutely crucial. I have a friend of mine that has been teaching for 15 years and I make more money than her. Yeah. Well, because I have a master's degree. Yeah. Two years of education does not earn me the right to earn more money than her with 15 years of experience. Yes. That's completely unfair. And I'm talking about a very a high quality teacher, somebody that is the backbone of what education should be. That's, that's not right. Uh, we, we can't continue <laughs> to treat teachers this way. I, I feel like it is a slap in the face to those that sit around and have been here for 20, 25 years and getting close to that 30 year mark. Why mm. the hell would they say, yeah. how would you stay? If somebody can hire somebody else. And I think that there's this optic that, Hey, if we get out all the older ones, we can save money because we won't have to pay them and we can bring in the new ones. That shit doesn't work in education. Yeah. I mean, Victor, you can tell me if I'm lying or not, no, no, but absolutely. as a new educator, what do you rely on more than anything else? More than your principal, more than your on those experienced teachers exactly, yeah. that you, you can tap that. onto them. And uh, but do, most of them are burnt out to your point. Yeah. And they yeah. get to the point where do I continue to fight the system or do I say, you know what? Fudge it. So I'm part of the system. But see, here's, and here's the catch too, right? So we're losing those experienced teachers because they're like, well, shit, we're not making anything. But you're also losing those new teachers because they're like, well, nobody's here to help me. So I feel yeah. unprepared and I feel under underserved. Like nobody is helping me. Nobody's catch mentoring me. Nobody, so you're losing it both. You have like your middling yeah. people that are kind of like, oh, I'm too close to retirement or like, oh, I've already spent this much time. I finally got my feet. It probably takes three or four years before you start to really get your feet yes, under you. Yes, I, I agree with you. Yes. Because that's when you start to have command of the classroom. Yes. The first year, it's just, it's like a tornado. You have no idea what's going on. A lot of so rookie mistakes. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number three. Number three, I feel like, I feel like parents and teachers, and I'll say this, I yeah. feel like parents and teachers both need to get involved. And when I say parents, I mean, they need to get involved at the school and mm-hmm. volunteer your PTSA. You don't even have to come in for that. You can come in for other reasons. Come yes. in and sit in and help a class or something like that. Do, let your kids see you at your school. They act completely different when you're around than when it's just us. Mm-hmm. So get involved. When I say teachers get involved, show up to your school board meetings. And the reason I stopped speaking at school board meetings was because there's five, 10 people that come up there and speak out of 7,000 plus employees. Yeah. And I sound familiar. Ramos. You know, <laughs> we have 63,000 plus students in Volusia County. Yeah. We don't see a lot of parents at the school board meetings. either. I, mm-hmm. we I see would, some of the same ones over and over again. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. We're not involved in local politics. You know, we, it, we, 
we need to make the changes here mm-hmm. uh, within our own board. But but I would agree uh, that we don't have that participation even at the city, but you do have it when it affects home. Yep. And I think that's the unfortunate part about it. Yep. I'm okay until it hits home. When it hits home, I want to go ahead and raise hell. Yep. You know, hey, why are you doing this? But the reality is you might <gasps> oh my be a little gee. bit too late. Victor said a cuss word. No, that's actually yeah. a place. No, yeah. it's not as it relates to <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, and so listen, on the on the top three things, Shane, what I'll just tell you. I, listen, I'll sum it up this way. I agree with you on all three points. I think they need to be addressed. Folks, if you're out there listening, we need to have some real conversation on the t- mm-hmm. on those top three points that Shane, there's a lot, education is tough. There's a whole host of issues. I agree with you. And obviously the one hour, 45 minutes on the show is not enough, but I would agree with those three points. We definitely need to figure mm-hmm. out the funding formula. Uh, we don't want to, we don't want to um, uh, push out our, our, um, our uh, senior teachers or veteran mm-hmm. teachers because they do come with a lot of experience. And then three, I agree hundred percent. There needs to be definitely much more collaboration between teachers and parents. A hundred percent. Vic? No, listen, I would totally agree. And, and I'm going to go boil down to the last one, and that's communication. There yeah. has to be communication on both mm-hmm. sides. But how can we have communication when everybody's, you know, have their guards up? Because mm-hmm. I'm afraid. Yeah. Even as yeah. teachers, you know, we're afraid to speak because what happens? I might go to that school board meeting, and then I get targeted. Yep. Right? Next thing I know, I have a principal visiting my classroom. Mm-hmm. Where did this come from? Yeah. Um, and I think until we, don't, until we don't drop that guard and actually have real conversation, like I've said here before, what we do here, what you guys do yeah. here, where, you know, hey, all bars are down. Let's have a conversation. We might disagree, mm-hmm. but we're going to learn something. We're going to have conversation. We might not agree all the time. Hey, I didn't agree with Dana all the time on the dice, but it didn't mean that I stopped conversating with her. Yeah. Let's find ways that we can help each other because we have more in common, even as Republicans, we have more in common. When Wait, clarify to- right that. You're not a Republican. He didn't, that was like worded fucked up. No, I, I'm a Democrat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But okay. that's why I say you and I have, you know, we yeah. disagree. Right. We're the same party. Okay. But at the same time, you know, we have to find ways yep. that we can have conversations without being scared right. and of I think, what's going to happen. And that's not just, I mean, education that's as, as ever, right? That's yeah. why we see people are so divided on the right and the left. Yes. Because we can't have a common sense. It's like, oh, you're a Trumper. Uh, yes. Like, yeah. Dude, like, I... Yeah, I still I love you, even though you like Ronnie. But I, 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 I still appreciate love you. that. Well, I got some. I got something good coming. Okay. So. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, go for it. One of the last I was gonna when I was talking yeah. about the the older teachers are the not older the more experienced teachers leaving yeah. and the younger teachers leaving as well. We I think there's an effort to be penny wise uh, and dollar foolish. Yeah. Like you look at the salaries and maybe it's costing a little less. Maybe you know we can't afford to retain those higher uh, more experienced teachers but how much do you think the turnover costs when you talk yep. about hiring yes. practices yeah. advertising for new positions yeah. just the paperwork alone to hire somebody fingerprints background checks certification verification uh you know interviewing like yeah. how much of that time and labor do you think is spent in hiring somebody and and offboarding somebody and then that person turn around we six need to, months and quit. We yes. need to have you come back on. And I want to have yeah. him on back with Mark Barker. Yeah. Because Mark has complained oh. before about the school board and just in general. And the, the money we spent over the years, yep. I think foolishly, I think as much as we want to blame Tallahassee, there's also local um, <laughs> local responsibility as well, too. Um, so, but I would definitely okay. want to, I want to have okay. you can laugh. You're going to get that. You're going to get, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. You're gonna get, okay. You're going to get, I'm going to like wrap up my little thing. So, um, because we're winding down and you need your thing right to do the thing. So you're always going to come back on Vic. I love you. I love your pragmatism. I love your chill. You know that I love you. (laughs) It's Um, a 305 in (laughs) him. Mr. Story. I'll come back if you bring a school board member up here. Okay. You got it. Which one? I'm not going to name names. Okay. You got it. I have a great working relationship with uh, every current school board member uh, previous to this most recent election. Yeah. Um, 
So I would be willing to talk to any of them. What do you want someone that you disagree with or that philosophically you get along with? I'll talk anything about, I'll talk about anything with anybody. So I just want to say something. I would like to personally thank you for coming on. It cannot be easy to sit in front of your mother. (laughs) The sexual unit just has to stop. (laughs) I started watching the podcast and was like, Jesus. Uh, He has trauma. So just so y'all know out there, (laughs) Dana McCool is Shane Story's mom. And I told Dana, don't say anything until the end of the show. (laughs) Poor Shane. (laughs) I birthed this child out and he is better than I could have ever been. Uh, This kid, I'm telling you what, man. Um, but you, know she, but you know she rants and raves you on the show every chance she gets. Yeah, right? I've watched the show. It's uncomfortable. And I'm sitting in the living room by myself. And I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, who the fuck's judging me? It's just me. I tell she like what kind of mother she was. I feel guilty. Even though I didn't do anything wrong. I did a good job. Uh, you, are, you seem to be a good person, good man. My first time meeting you today. And I would love to continue to keep having conversations with you. I, even if there's finer points we may not always agree on, I would venture to say we probably agree on... Probably more probably. Son, will you come back on the show? You will. I told you. If you bring a school board member up, I'll come again. Okay. Okay. I love you. Awesome. Boo-boo, I love you. (laughs) All righty then. Show. We are getting ready to wind down the show. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, so we did 16 episodes and everybody understands that we're going to be off for uh, for the holidays, uh, Christmas and stuff like that coming up here. So I kind of want to do like an end of like the first 16 episode type of deal and recognize some people because Mm -hmm. I think these are rock stars. Okay. Okay? Um, So. Beyond my wife, who you always know is my is that's my go to rock star. Mm-hmm. She's my everything in the whole world, right? Yep. But beyond her, I want to recognize um three people. Number one, I definitely want to recognize uh, Stacy Cantu. Everybody knows I'm a big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. And I I'm always having conversation with her, and there's yep. so much she's doing yep. in Daytona Beach. She's one of the hardest working commissioners. Yep. I just saw her again today with Victor. We were at a, at a function today, and just saw her again. I today. didn't get invited. And, uh, well, I'll leave that between the two of you. <laughs> and she's done so much on trying to help her constituents on that whole Amazon deal that came yeah. up. And there was a phase yeah. two. She got half a million dollars for, for Pelican Bay residents because there was going to be an issue over there. The cell tower, I think, down by the neck of the woods where you live. I was what yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah, she, oh, she, yeah she, she, uh, she's been doing that with the cell phone service. I know you guys are having a horrible it's, time it's over there. It's actually not true. I just tell her that, that I can't get a signal. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So she is. She, you, she is. She is one. Number two. I know you're gonna hate this, but she's a she's a dear friend. I consider her a dear friend. Your mom. So oh. Dana's a rock star. I tell people all the time that you don't under, look. She and I may not always agree, but I'm gonna tell you this right now. She's a rock star because I know her story. I know her past. She and I. We Dana and I talk all the time, and there's sometimes just private conversations. She'll you know she'll talk to me about just a lot of different things, um, but she's also a successful person. Beyond being a successful woman, she's a successful person, and I and, it, and I think it gets lost on people because of just because she's an advocate for uh, some issues that she feels uh, very passionately about. But she is a success, and she's a rock star. And uh, I hate when I see people uh, judge for all the wrong reasons. You, my dear, are a rock star. I, yeah, I think you. she and gets kind of like the just a this crazy like maybe housewife or something. Escape out of yeah. But like, to, to be ser- like seriously though, like Deltona Housewives. Talk, yeah, oh yeah. God. Jeez. Talk about ratings. Look, I think we just listen. Dana's but, never uncomfortable. I just we, 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 I feel we got something going. But she is like she's a woman that that, that, that or she's a person that brought herself up from her bootstraps. Like yep. put in the work. I remember as a child watching her sitting there you know, at, at a restaurant that she worked at at any given time because it was often different restaurants. But sitting in the back room watching my mom work her ass off just so she could pay the bills. And I, you know, she's made it 
she's much more successful now and she's established a business, yep. but it's that work ethic that she yeah. learned along those years that put her in the situation she's in now. So, uh, so hey. I'm proud of her too. I love you, but don't ever call me Dana again. <laughs> I saw well, that he too. too. Anyways, my rock star. And I got one more person I, I want you. to recognize. I yeah. love you too, Dana. Listen, one more person. So I met this person about two months ago and I'll be real quick about this. Um, and then I met, I saw her again today and she is the um, house manager for Palmetto House, oh. which is under the umbrella of Mid Florida Housing, which I was, uh, Victor is the, um, the director over there for Mid Florida Housing. All right. And uh, Victor, how would you characterize Palmetto House? Just really quickly, if you could. So Palmetto House is transitional housing. Mm-hmm. Um, and transitional can mean a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and the individuals, the client can stay there up to three years. And many of these, many of these clients all have come from just different issues that they've yes. had. And they're trying to get pick themselves back up again. Absolutely, yes. And so she's the house manager. And her story is one of just a a troubled past with substance and everything like that. And I'm hope I'm not trying to out her too much. I'm not, cause I'm really trying to give her the props. Mm-hmm. We sat there, we talked today. And so Victor had made mention to me before, Hey, I, I promoted her cause she was the right person for the job. Plus she's a former client. And so I saw her and I put two and two together finally today. And I walked up to her and I told her, I said, girl, I am so proud of you, man. I really am free. And then she started to tear up a little tiny bit. Mm-hmm. And then I told her, I said, stop. That's why I got my glasses on. I said, don't do that to me. Cause I'm a sucker for that stuff. Um, she started to tear up a little time. She said, thank you so very much. And I told her, no, you deserve everything coming your way because what you've been through and where yes. you're at today. And the fact that you are now working as a house manager for Palmetto house on the mid Florida housing says a lot about who you are and her spirit and just who she is when you, when you're around her, she's infectious. And I just, and I commend her. So Victor, if you get a chance, let her know. We I give a shout out. She's kind of my, hero of the week so to speak so i know we do the hero stuff so, yeah. yeah we're doing uh one more right one more episode before we close for the uh or is it one more it, i what? thought we were closing out but we, if we if we can we'll, we'll the 16th yeah. like next friday was it? Or ne- next friday is okay. the 16th is that our last maybe all right, I, all right. that's our last is, it? is okay, the 16th okay. i think that's I know just we, you and I, I all right maybe it's just you and i i thought yeah. we missed one in uh in october maybe that's we're making up for it okay mm-hmm. so i, I apologize yeah, blah, 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 blah. Right. okay so no yeah worries. so um to that i want to tell you that um I am, it, this is like one of those full circle moments for mm. me, you know what I mean? As far as having my son, yeah. to know the man that he is yeah. has grown up to be, right, under less than, op, uh, you know, optimum circumstances. And, but these are the people that we need. These are the people that we need leading kids and leading yes. people out of where they may be so yeah. that people don't feel alone. And that's why I'm very open about mental health challenges. Know. You know what I mean? I mean, I still see a shrink. There's no shame in that because mm. it, it, it keeps me on board. And I think that everybody needs someone to do that. I stay in recovery. I'm recovery based because I'm a recovering alcoholic. Um, I've been in recovery for 20 plus years uh, with 10 years of continuous sobriety that I just celebrated. And to watch your child um, come up with those challenges and be the type of person that he is, the leader that he is now, it's a very full circle moment. I've had some full circle moments with him. (laughs) Like, uh, you know, concerts, going to concerts with this kid. I was, he and I have like. I was thinking like right hooks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, listen, one of the best times of my life ever, one of these moments is sitting front row concerts with him, seeing Jimmy Buffett front row and the Eagles front row and the Rolling Stones front row and, and having that type of. Yeah. Of relationship. He calls me smother. I don't know why, but he calls me smother. <laughs> I don't call you. You call me. 
Hence the reason. Attention, hand and a half signal. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was just going to say the signal. Mom, the signal. Mom, I, I, I'm sorry, but I have no signal where yeah. I live. I can't hear you click. Well, Commissioner Cantu's fixing that problem, so you need to figure something else out. <laughs> and Eric, um, yeah. Vic, thank you very much for, for always being on, being a continuing guest. I appreciate it. And Eric, to your point of being a rock star, um, you are simply my rock. Yeah. You've turned into a great you. friend. Um, started, you know, with the Raven oh. Lunatic sitting in your office. No. And, um, <laughs> over the last, can you believe it's been like four years, it's been four, like four five, years. I know, four, five it's years? Cra- yeah, now. it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. And us doing this podcast and, you know, the goal is to, again, to understand that there are friendships within party lines. Yes. Okay. That bipartisanship yeah. is really, really yes. important. That being in the middle is really important because on the fringes, no one listens to anyone. You get so far apart on the outside and on the fringes that you can't hear one another. That's right. And that is why our platform is here. And and, and you believed in me. You yeah. supported me. And um, and, and I love you. You are my brother. I and, and I really I did love idea. you, man. And um, so so Thank I appreciate you. taking you know I mean what you do. And um, we were going to have one more. Uh, show next week um, to kind of wrap up the year and talk about where we're going into yes. committee when we're going into yes. a special session. When is when is that? Because Webster Barnaby invited me up last night. January 3rd starts, starts the first committee yeah. week. Yeah, it's right yeah. after the new year, which yeah. is a surprise because it was a little sooner than I thought, but yeah. hey, we are where we're at. So, yeah. mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Dana, can I just add, and you're going to hate this, uh, <laughs> but, but I have to say I'm going to have to also congratulate <sighs> Dana because while there's a word that she does not like, I have to tell you, it's something that she has put part of her system and that is the process. Yeah. I, yeah. I think she's realized that <laughs> while she doesn't like the word the process, you know, <sighs> in the process is going to be able to take us where we need to be. Yeah. And it's a fair way for us to be consistent in what we got, where we got to get to. So it, congratulations. It, on thank that. you very much. And it's, it's something that was a hard lesson to learn because of coming from advocacy and an activist background into the transition of being a politician, not only that being an effective politician and finding my platform and finding yes. my voice because it was very manic. Um, the first year certainly in the second year is a big learning curve you are effective in what you do <laughs> you are another she's Dana don't let the hey don't sleep on Dana she's also another one of those very effective politicians in Volusia County so thank you I, I appreciate did, that you know? thank you thank you listen guys we are out of yeah. time according to uh, hot Santa yes um, hot Santa hot Santa hey did you hey, did your wife did she did you tell her that you know I called her hot Santa I mean I called you hot Santa uh, yeah. <laughs> tell, her, tell her I'm so sorry Dana forced me to do it <laughs> he probably showed up and said oh, 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 baby. <laughs> I love you hot Santa <laughs> I'm gonna stop because my son's starting to squirm yeah. <laughs> he's blushing <laughs> he really is. Oh, hey, poor guy he's a cop Combat. He is, he is an can, Afghanistan combat veteran. You can and tell still, he is good, man. He's just sitting there kind of going, don't do it, Ma. Don't do it. <laughs> All right, listen, guys. Right. We're out of time this week. We'll see you next week before we break for the holidays. And we want to remind you that if it's important to you. It's important to us. Peace. Bye. The Smoking Truth Podcast, its owners and sponsors, take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of Mike and Mike Productions or the podcast providers and opinions between talk show hosts may differ. It is not our intent to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Dana McCool, with any feedback or suggestions you have for their shows. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hope that they will be entertaining to the audience.